I'm trying to get somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to get somewhere that's real and pure and true and eternal. Toby, can you go with your boy? Let's go. From the American Missionary Church, Apostle Joel Obobisa will inspire you with anointed, practical, and down-to-earth Bible-based teaching that will refresh, energize, and motivate you to do your best for God. Join the Apostle now as he ministers the Word of God. All right, I want to share with you for a short time on our year of work. Amen. I think that God has blessed us graciously with a prophet and by whom he has directed us for many, many years. You know, I've known our pastor for more than 30-something years, maybe 35, I think. Yeah, I mean, about that, or even longer. Amen. But in all that time that he's been uh, my pastor, I have only known blessing. God has only blessed me through him. Amen. Amen. And the Bible teaches clearly that God shows his love for us through the people he gives to lead us. Amen. When God wants you to experience his great love, he sends someone into your life through whom you can experience that love. Amen. Amen. The Bible is full of God sending people to people. Isn't it? Yeah, God sending people to people. Even God can appear to someone and tell him to go and call someone who has something from him for him. Do you see? Yeah. God one day told a certain man to go and ask Abraham to pray to him for him. Do you understand what I mean? God goes to Pastor Moses and appears to him in a dream and says, Pastor Moses, I need you to ask Oris to pray to me to spare you. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It means that God really is into using people. Amen. God does many things through men. And God uses people, especially prophets, you see, um, to accomplish his purposes in the lives of his people. Amen. And so in Hosea chapter 12, you see from verse 13, the Bible says, by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. Can you see? And by a prophet was he preserved. Amen. God brought Israel out of Egypt. Egypt for Israel meant bondage. It meant slavery. It meant a place where they were not in control of themselves. You know, the, it was a place of hard labor. You know, it was not a good place for them. 
and they cried unto the Lord for deliverance. It was a place of taskmasters. Do you, do you get it? Yes. It was a place of difficulty. In fact, if you just keep this place here, Hosea 12 and verse 13, and then go quickly to Exodus chapter 3, the book of Exodus chapter 3, and just catch a little glimpse of Egypt. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. Can you see that? And have heard what? Their cry by reason of their taskmasters. Isn't it? And I know their sorrows. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So Egypt had four things there. It had, number one, afflictions. Isn't it? It had cryings. It had taskmasters. And then it had sorrows. Do you get it? Yes. If you can identify with any of these things, you're in Egypt. <laughs> Do you understand? Yes. If you have taskmasters... If you, have, if you have afflictions, if you have torment, some of you can't sleep at night. Yeah, you can't sleep at night. You're afraid. You know? Yes, you're afraid. You need the lights on. You know? In as much as you hit your light bill, you know you need your light on. You get it? Because as soon as you turn off the lights, you imagine things. You see all kinds of things. You just can't be by yourself. You know, and uh, unfortunately, you can't seem to, 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 to do anything about it because fear torments people. Some of us, the fears that we have are not things without. They are things within. You see, so what it is is that because the fear is internal, you carry it with you everywhere you go. Nothing changes it. You see, that's torment, you know. And that's what Egypt was like for God's people. And so when you come back to um, the scripture we were reading, Hosea chapter 12, the Bible says God delivered the people of Israel out of those, um, uh, 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 from those uh, tormenting situations, and he did so through a prophet. Amen. So when God wants to set you free, he brings and gives you a prophet. He gives somebody a prophetic word for you. And through that prophetic word, if you obey the prophet, if you believe the prophet, you will find that it makes a difference to your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It says, by a prophet, God brought Israel out of Egypt. That means by a prophet, God took Israel away from their sorrows. He took them away from their taskmasters. He took them away from the things that made them cry by a prophet. Hallelujah. And then after you have been delivered, there's another level. You see, it's one thing to be delivered by something. But now, can you hold on to the deliverance? Do you see what I'm saying? 
Yes, because many people get delivered from something only to relapse and go back into that same situation. Do, do, do you get it? Yes. So people who, let's say, recovering drug addicts and so on, one of the sources of pride for them is how long they've been sober. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So, so they, they measure uh, their deliverance uh, by counting the time, you know, measuring the time in which they've been sober. Recently, I met somebody who told me that um, he has been free, he's been sober, because we asked him, so have you been able to overcome this thing? And he said, yes, he's been sober since 2019. Wow. You know, yes, and that's significant, yeah. isn't it? That's, that's a real deliverance, and that's a blessing. But I tell you that some of those people live in torment and fear of going back to those same ways. Do you get it? And they are, they are just so afraid of it because they remember the time when they were under the influence of drugs and it was not an easy thing. You know, I tell you, may God set you free from the power of drugs in the name of Jesus. Say amen. amen. Yeah. You see, so one of the things God does after he has delivered you from a place is to preserve you, to keep you from going back to that place. Amen. And so both the deliverance and the preservation come through a prophet. Can I have an amen? He said, by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. Amen. So you need a prophet in your life. Amen. amen. God puts prophets in our lives so that we will be both delivered and preserved. Amen. And that's how come we're blessed to have a prophet in our church. Now, prophetism is, is a gift. You, you get it. You could easily have a pastor who is not a prophet. Do you understand? Yes. But we've been blessed to have a pastor who is a prophet. Amen. And through him, God has directed us and has directed this church for many years. I mean, by the grace of God, a little church that started in a classroom somewhere has now become a worldwide, genuinely worldwide and genuinely global um, church. Amen. I mean, you doubt that this is Los Angeles. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? We are, we, are, we are not where the church began. <laughs> That's the point I'm making, isn't it? Yeah, the fact that someone like Caitlin can belong to this church shows that God has done wonders. You get it? Because where the church started, there's no way Caitlin could have been part of it. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, and so that's a blessing. Hallelujah, right? So we can see that God has used our pastor to direct this church one step after the other, year after year, and brought us as far as he has brought us. Amen. So I believe in him. Amen. Why do I believe in him? Not as an alternative to God. Please, don't get religious on me. <laughs> do you understand? The Bible says, believe his prophets. Believe in God and you will be established. And then he said, believe his prophets 
so you can prosper. Amen. Amen. So your prosperity and success is linked to some profit. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. God gives you a profit and then connects your prosperity to him. And if you take that profit seriously, you'll be surprised how God will mysteriously guide your feet into prosperity. Amen. Yes, look at that verse, 2 Chronicles 20, 20. It says, they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, ye inhabitants, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Then he says, Believe his prophets, so shall he ye prosper. Amen. Amen. So you see that believing his prophets is not and has never meant that you don't believe in God. Do you get it? Yes. And any prophet who presents himself as a substitute for God is a misleading prophet. It's a false prophet and is not telling you the right thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. But on the other hand, any Christian who tells you that Believing in God makes it unnecessary to believe in a prophet. It's also misleading you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. And both are common. But this second one is more subtle. Do you, do you, do you get it? Because it sounds like what you should believe. It sounds like God is everything. Do you see? God is the one who has the power, and that is true. God is the one who heals. God is the one who delivers, and that is all true. Do you see? And so when someone says, who is man? Put the man aside. Toss him somewhere. Just keep your eyes on God. It sounds like he's saying the right thing. Do you understand? But that's like someone telling you, it's the medicine that heals, isn't it? Is it not the medicine that heals? And so when the person says, set aside the syringe. Do you see? Yes. When you set aside the syringe, you set aside the medium by which the medicine enters you. Do you understand? And the syringe does not heal anybody. But the syringe carries the medicine into your body. So you need to believe, listen, when the doctor or the nurse is coming towards your butt, <laughs> you need faith in two things. You get it? You need faith in the medicine, and then you need faith in the thing that she's bringing, carrying the medicine. You get it? Yes, that's why you have to admit both. And you have to turn yours and be spying and, and just be looking. <laughs> It's not easy to inject some people, I tell you. Sometimes you see grown-ups. <laughs> you know. But you need faith in both. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. You need to believe it. You need to believe that that syringe will do you good. That is for your good. 
that is not meant for your evil. Yes, that is a good thing. Hallelujah. So God has blessed us with a prophet, and through him, he has given us a direction for the year. Amen. And this year is a year of what? Of work. Amen. And so I want to share just one or two points on that, and then we close. Amen. Now, number one, work shall make, maybe you should write it this way, work shall make me closer and closer to my heavenly father. Yeah. See, this year, work shall make me closer and closer to my heavenly father. Amen. Now, John chapter 5 and verse 17. You know, John chapter 5 and verse 17. Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Amen. My father worketh hitherto, and what? I work. In other words, we are supposed to work in synchrony with the Father. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. We are supposed to work in synchrony with the Father. You know, I am so glad that this is a year of work. Because it brings a lot of blessing. Amen. And anybody you work with, you become close to the person. Work creates relationships. Isn't it? We all have work colleagues and people, you know, who have become our friends just because of work. Even for some of them, we no longer work with them, but they, the friendships have remained. Do you get it? Yes, because work brings people together and creates relationships. And so if we connect with our Father and we work with Him, I'm talking about our Heavenly Father, that if we connect with our Heavenly Father or working for Him, doing His work, will bring us closer and closer to Him. Amen. Amen. Working will bring us closer to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's a blessing. You know, I remember on, on, on um, Watch Night Service, Chalak Night, where Prophet was teaching and he was um, giving us an example of a guy that was working uh, in the church. The person was the one who built our uh, second cathedral, the Kodesh. You know, yes. And I remember how he was saying that he, he knew the person's phone number offhand. Yes. Because if you've tried to do any kind of construction before, you realize that you need to call people a lot. <laughs> yes. Especially a certain kind of construction where if you turn around, the thing starts to go, <laughs> you know. By the time you come, they've painted the thing yellow. <laughs> yes. And you get so upset, but you can't change it. <laughs> or they've built something you didn't want. You see, and changing it means breaking everything down. Yes. And they don't mind breaking it down, but they want you to pay for it. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. And so you are in constant communication with someone who's doing any work for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. When people work for us, 
we are in constant communication with, with them. And so one of the blessings of a year of work is the opportunity it presents for getting closer to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, the opportunity it presents for getting closer to God. That this year, Monte, this year, if we're all going to get involved with the work of God, doing something for God, not coming to church and just going back home. Do you see what I'm saying? But getting involved with something for God provides a reason to pray even. Yeah. Yes, a reason to pray. And a reason even to come to church. Yes. That's why I encourage everybody to get involved with something in church. Because the least it does for you is that it gives you a reason to come to church. Yes. It is not uncommon to wake up in the morning and not feel like going to church. Huh? How many have felt that way before? Ah, even the pastors. Wow. <laughs> and some are saying this morning. <laughs> yeah. You wake up in the morning and you don't feel like going to church at all. You know? And you feel like today is a gift for the pastor. <laughs> yeah, I donate the day to the pastor. He, sh he should have it. Have the service. Do you see? But many times when you remember, I have to lead worship, I have to do this, I have to do that in the church, it inspires you to come. And always when you come, you know you did the right thing. Oh yes, oh yes. You will never regret coming to the house of God. The Bible says they go from strength to strength. Everyone who appears in the presence of God or in the house of God. Yes, you will never regret coming to church. The problem is getting yourself here. <laughs> Do you see? Getting yourself rolling, getting up, leaving the bed, dressing up and putting yourself together to come to church. That's where the problem is. So working for God will provide an opportunity for closeness. Amen. It will provide an opportunity for closeness you will find that you don't have to make that extra effort to relate with God. God will relate with you. Amen. 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 When you become someone who looks after God's children, God will talk to you. Yeah. Just like you talk to your babysitter. Your babysitter does not ask to be spoken to. Isn't it? Yes. Everybody has any. Do you have your children's school teacher's number on your phone? Are you sure? Yeah. Everybody has it. And it never leaves the phone because they have your kids. Do you see what I'm saying? And so, as we work for God, God will come closer to us. He will be near us, we will be near him, and that relationship will become a stronger bond. Say amen. amen. Now number two is that work shall be my satisfaction and happiness. Yes. In this year of work, work shall be my satisfaction and happiness. Right? 
Now, Jesus saith unto them in John chapter 4 and verse 34, he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Can you see? My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, the disciples of Jesus had gone to buy food. You know, and when they brought the food, Jesus was not so keen on it. And so they were just wondering, has somebody brought him something to eat? You know, because as far as they were concerned, man, I mean, everything stops now for food. You get it. So they were surprised that Jesus didn't seem so moved by the prospect of eating, you know. And so they tried to attribute it to something else. But that's when Jesus told them that, I have meat to eat that you don't know about. You know, now the thing is, when they came, they found him speaking to some lady. <laughs> yeah. They found him speaking to a lady. Yes, they call her the woman of Samaria. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, without accusing him, they just thought to themselves that, you know, by some chance this lady brought Jesus a sandwich or some something, you know. They just assumed that. How can it be? You haven't eaten the whole day. How can you be here and you haven't eaten? You know, that's when Jesus revealed to them that my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish it. Hallelujah. Jesus was introducing the disciples to a certain satisfaction and a certain fulfillment and sense of gratification that comes from knowing what God has asked you to do and doing it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. That it is more than food. To know the will of God, to know what God wants you to do, to know what God has asked you to do and to do it you know, brings a certain satisfaction and brings a blessing to the person who is obeying the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. So we must all find what God wants us to do this year and to do it. Amen. We must all find what God wants us to do and to do it. There is a satisfaction and a fulfillment that comes from doing the will of God. Hallelujah. When you're walking in the grace that God, because God gives grace for what he's asked you to do. Do you understand? Yes. That's why I can, I can preach up to six o'clock. Yes. I, I can just keep going. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I just keep going because I, I have eight points. Yeah, and I intend to stop at four. And I'm on number two. <laughs> you see, so I can keep going. Hallelujah. But the truth is that there is satisfaction when you're doing what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. So one of the things we need to do is to pray that, Lord, help me, guide me into what I'm supposed to do. Amen. Help me. Work is rewarding. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. There is a blessing in work. Hallelujah. There is a blessing in work. And you know, as God has given us a year of work, it is his way of giving us a year of blessing. Isn't it? Because work always attracts reward. Isn't it? Yes. Everybody who works expects rightfully a paycheck. Isn't it? Yes. And if they delay it, you have a right to watch into, go into the HR manager's office and give her a look. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Why? Because you worked. So, you know, instead of becoming someone who has a long list of needs, do you see, and constantly praying about your needs, why don't you become someone who works and works such that you deserve the, 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 the rewards anyway? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, because you've earned it. And God is going to reward you. God is not going to forget you. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. He says, For when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Can you see that? So you see that our eating is actually connected to our working. Isn't it? It says, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busy bodies. (laughs) Do you see? Yeah. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Hallelujah. So you see that God is, remember we are just discussing a prophetic word. God is showing us that this year your eating is going to be connected to your working. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't celebrate idleness. I know some people who rejoice when they work in a place that gives them no work to do. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. You should not rejoice when you work in a place that gives you no work to do. (laughs) You know, because what it means is that you are defying the principles of blessing. Do you understand? Yes, you are defying the principles of blessing. And a young person should be interested in work. Yes. The Bible says it is good for a young man to bear the yoke in his youth. Your life must be front-loaded, not back-loaded. What I mean is the earlier part of your life must be loaded with all the burden carrying so that your later years can be lighter. Do you understand? But some people have it in reverse. You see, they, 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 they carry the lighter load at the beginning of their lives when they are strongest. That's why I'm saying if you're a young person and you're going to work and nobody's giving you anything to do, it's a waste of your strength. 
because don't think it's free. You're going to have to work anyway because the Bible says the one who does not work will not eat. So the day will surely come when your work will determine your eating. And at that point, you will find out that when you have a bigger appetite for eating, <laughs> you don't have much <laughs> to eat. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. So your earlier life, the earlier part of your life, is supposed to be using to build reserve. Amen. It's supposed to be used to build reserves. It's supposed to be used to save money. It's supposed, this is the time to work two, three jobs. Do you see what I'm saying? Because you have the strength for it. You have the intelligence for it. You even have the time for it. Can I have an amen? amen? Yes. So he said that, you know, for when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Take this as a prophetic word. The Lord is saying that your eating will be connected to your working. There are many blessings that will come into your life if you become a worker for God this year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Your eating will be connected to your working or your work will provide your eating. It will supply your needs. Everything you need, some will need cars this year. God will supply you with cars if you work for him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Whatever it is that your life requires, receive the prophetic word that says that your working will provide your eating. Yes. You'll be surprised how many solutions will come to you as you do the work of God. You go out on outreach and witness to someone who may hire you actually in the end. Yes, you'll be surprised that you'll find out that your, eating, your working has actually now turned into your eating. Are you understanding it? Yes, look at it. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. It says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have. Do you understand? That he may have. So this year, how are you going to have? The way to have is to work. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. That he may have to give to him that needeth. Obviously, him that needeth was not working. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Him that needeth was, was not working. But those who work for God this year, you will have. Amen. You will have what you need. Amen. You will have whatever you need. Amen. You will not have a need in your life without the means to address that need. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So expect to have. Amen. I said expect to have. Amen expect to have in the name of Jesus. Amen. I tell you, I received this as a prophetic word for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Number three, your work 
will give you a greater witness. Amen. John chapter 5 and verse 36, Jesus said, I have greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. Amen. Amen. So there is a point where our Christian identity is validated by our works. Do you get it? Who we are in Christ is explained by what we do for Christ. Amen. The way people will know that you're a Christian is by what you're doing for him. Amen. Yes, it's by what you do for him. And so Jesus said, you know, my witness is greater than the witness of John. You know, why? Because I have works. You know, John testified of Jesus. John spoke and he just spoke words and said Jesus is the son of God. Do you see? That was a witness. He told people that Jesus Christ had come from God and that he was a great person and that it would even be a privilege to untie the, the, the lace of his shoes. Do you get it? That was a witness. But when Jesus came, he said, I have come with greater confirmation than what John said. Do you understand? Yes, because there is a point at which words don't cut it. Action is what we need. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, because anyone can say anything. But now action. We need to put our Christianity into action. Not just talking the faith. By acting the faith. Amen. Amen. Last night we were in a meeting where uh, Pastor Jonathan Shadowsworth was speaking. And he was encouraging us mightily to go out and do something for God. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. He said we should go out and pray for the sick. Yes. Because we can't just stay indoors and just be talking and say Jesus heals. Do you see what I'm saying? Or that Jesus saves. I think everybody knows by now that Jesus saves. Now let's go out there and let's get Jesus saving some people. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. If we really believe that Jesus saves, there are many savable people out there. There are many people needing salvation. Many people who need to be told that Jesus saves. And the proof that we are believers in Jesus is not in gathering ourselves in a room on Sunday mornings, you know, and singing songs to each other and encouraging one another, but also going out there where the people need to be saved and applying the blood of Jesus to their lives. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That is how salvation comes to people. And when we do that, the Bible calls that a greater witness. Hallelujah. From now on, let's pray for the sick when we meet them. When anybody tells you they are sick, pray for them first. Even yourself when you are sick. Lay hands on yourself. 
Because that's all the Bible said. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now when the hand and the sickness are on the same person, it's a lot easier. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. The sickness and the hand are on the same person. It's just transferring and praying for yourself. Lay your hand on yourself and cast out the sickness in the name of Jesus Christ. The works that we do will be a greater witness than any words that are spoken on our behalf. Can I have an amen? Are you understanding it? Right. Then the last one for today is work for the right things. Amen. That when we say it's our year of work, we're talking about working for the Lord. <laughs> Amen. It's not, I'm not talking about a year of multiple resumes. You get it. That your LinkedIn account is going to be very productive this year. You know. Now, that may turn out to be the case because it may come as a reward. Do you understand? It may come to you as a reward that this year the Lord will change your job. Amen. That you just might stumble into some great opportunities. Yeah. John Jack, receive that in the name of Jesus. Are you getting it? Some mind-blowing opportunities that you will not believe that this is you. You will not believe that you have such a job. Yes, it just might be what will happen this year. And I, I, I want to challenge you to trust God for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to challenge you to trust God to prosper through your job. Amen. Do you understand? That God will bless you greatly through the work that you do. Amen. Yes, God will bless you greatly. He will lead you into some good places, into some good lives, some good people, some good contacts. People who will be a great, great blessing to your life. People who will show you things you didn't know. Do you know there are people who know secrets that you don't know? You know, the other day at the Flow Church, Prophet was leading us to pray uh, for the spirit of knowledge. And he was praying, uh, uh, leading us to pray for new knowledge. Do you remember? Yeah, that we, to pray for new knowledge, like to know new things. Things you don't know. You get it? Yes, because sometimes you, right next to you, they are doing, making offers, they are applying for jobs, they are doing all kinds of things, and you don't even know. You, you don't know. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. You don't know. Maybe something you've brought to your house is actually killing you. Slowly, you don't even know it. Do you, do you understand? Yeah. Yes, new knowledge. You know, every time I read the, the articles in the news and so on, and they say, scientists have discovered that something, 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 I just ask myself, hey, so now they're telling us we shouldn't be eating maybe these eggs. Oh, what, what happens to all the eggs we've eaten? It's been discovered. They say it's been discovered that the yolk is not good. Then after that, they come back and tell us it's been discovered is the most important part. It's been discovered. I mean, every time they are discovering things. 
New knowledge is important. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, new knowledge and new things are important. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about working for God. Amen. We're talking about working for God. Jesus said, John chapter 6 and verse 27, Do not work for the food that perishes. Do not work for the food that perishes. John chapter 6 verse 27, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Amen. So you can see clearly that the work we're talking about is spiritual work. The work of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Work that lasts till eternity. What lasts till eternity more than the work on a soul? Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. The work on a soul is what will last till eternity. And so let's labor for that. Hallelujah. Yes. Let's labor for work that counts not only for here, but for eternity. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, he says, Lay, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. Hallelujah. I mean, when are you going to obey this one? Do you see? But these are Christian Bible verses that concern us. And the Lord is telling us that we should not lay up for ourselves treasures on earth here in verse 19 that can be corrupted. You know, things that can be corrupted, things that decay, things whose value changes. Do you understand? Don't lay up treasures. Your treasures cannot be in a car. Do you understand? It can't be in a car. Whose value has gone down again since we entered January? Isn't it? Yes. The car is sitting on the lot. Nobody is taking it anywhere. Just the month changed from December to January, and they have to mark it down. How can that be your treasure? Do you see? How can that be your treasure? How can your treasure be your lineup of shoes? Air forces, isn't it? In different colors. How can that be your treasure? How can your treasure be your clothes? Ha. It cannot be your treasure. No. So in guiding us to work, God is not talking about working just physically. He's not talking about writing more codes. He's not talking about seeing more patients. You get it? 
He's not talking about getting more clients. No. He's talking about working for him. Can I have an amen? You must do something for God. Tell somebody I will do something for God this year. I will do something for God this year. Yes. Do something for God this year. Yes. Decide that your life will not only be about yourself and about doing stuff for yourself, that you will do something for God this year. Amen. When you do something for God, he will reward you. Amen. He will reward you. God will not forget you. God will bless your life because of what you do for him. And it is from that that you will eat. This year, I want you to expect many breakthroughs through the work that you do for God. Amen. Amen. Expect many favors through the work that you do for God. Hallelujah. Through the work that you do for God, expect to be blessed. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. The work of God will bless you. It will bless you. You receive things that uh, you would have had to pay for. You get it? Knowledge, counsel, advice that will save you money. Yeah, just from working for God. Are you getting what I'm saying? You'll be surprised who you will witness to and what you will come to mean to them. What they may do for your life. Do you understand? It is not the motive for doing it, but the Lord rewards us. The Bible says, as we work, we will eat. Do you understand? Yes, as we work, we will eat. And those who do not work, he says, they shouldn't eat. (laughs) Isn't that what the apostles say? For even when we were with you, we commanded you that if any would not work, Neither should he eat. (laughs) Hey. Tell your neighbor, if you will not work, neither will you eat. (laughs) Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So God is separating the hustlers. from those who will be eating. I will count myself among the eaters because I'm among the workers in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet and let's bring the service to a close. We'll continue next time. Amen. Next week we'll continue. Number one, work will bring you closer to God, your heavenly Father. Number two, work will be your satisfaction and happiness. You'll be fulfilled because of what you did for God. Amen. Amen. Number three, work will give you a greater witness, isn't it? And then number four, work for the right things. Amen. Work for the right things. Let's lay up treasure, work that counts for eternity. Not work that is temporary. Not work that temporarily satisfies someone, you know. 
which they may soon not even need. Hallelujah. But let's do work that leaves a permanent mark on people in the name of Jesus. Everybody lift up your hands to the Lord and just pray. Lift up both of your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, I present myself today to you for work. I offer myself to you for work. Yes, I'm presenting myself. If you can use anyone, please, here I am. I'm offering myself, my skills, whatever I can do to enhance your work, to expand your work, for more souls to be saved, for the churches to multiply, for the work of God to increase, for backsliders to return to you. Lord, I'm offering myself for any work in your house. Yes, any work in your house. The work of singing, the work of playing instruments, the work of dancing in your house, the work of serving food in your house, the work of ushering in your house. Lord, whatever work there is to do in your house, I present myself and offer myself to you freely and willingly for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Sing it again, everybody. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Sing it again, everybody, if you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands. Take my hands. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything. 
can use me. Pray again, everybody, and tell the Lord, if you will use me, I will go. If, if you will use me, Lord, I'll, I will work for you. I promise. I'm offering myself. I promise I'll do it. I'll go anywhere for you. I will speak to anyone on your behalf. If you will use me, if you will do it through me, Lord, I'm offering myself. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yes. You can touch people's lives through me. You can touch people's lives through my life. Yes. If you want to use my life, Lord, I'm offering it to you in the name of Jesus. I know I'm not good. I know I don't have the best track record. But Lord, if you can use anyone and use anything, I am offering myself. I'm offering myself. Tell the Lord I'm offering myself. Yes, I'm offering myself, Lord. Speak to me if you can use anything. Take my hands, Lord. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, yes. Lord, use me. Tell him, Lord, use me to save somebody's life. Use me to save someone from going to hell. Use me to get someone off drugs. Use me to get someone's life rededicated to you. Use me to get someone off the streets. Use me to send someone back home, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Back home to their families, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Use me to help someone quit smoking. Quit destroying their bodies and hurting themselves, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Use me. Use me. Use me. Use me. If you can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as we close the service, if you're here or if you're listening to the podcast or you're online, but you know in your heart that you're not saved, today is an opportunity for salvation. God wants to save you. Jesus wants to forgive your sins. Being the only person who has a remedy for sin, Jesus is inviting you to come to him. No, he's not saying clean yourself up and come to him. He's saying come just as you are. The cleaning up of your life and yourself is his job. That's what Jesus does best. That's what Jesus specializes in. Cleaning people up. Jesus will clean you up if you give him a chance. And so if you're here this afternoon, if you're within the sound of my voice,
if you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you are, if you're hearing me, Jesus is inviting you to come to him today. Don't turn down this invitation. Do not turn your back on Christ. Receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. It is the beginning of a new life. It is the beginning of a new place. If you be honest, you know that you don't like where you are. You don't like where your life is headed. The only thing is you seem to be helpless at turning it around. But thank God for Jesus Christ. Jesus will touch your life. Jesus will turn your life around to face and move in a new direction. A whole new direction, a whole new life awaits you in Christ. Give him a chance. Say with me this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus. Say it again. Say, Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. And you died for my sins, Jesus. Only you can save me from my sin. So Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. Let your blood wash me, Jesus. Let your blood cleanse me, Jesus. And make me a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. Be Lord over my life. I commit this life into your hands. I surrender all that I am. I surrender all that I am. Myself and my bondages and my habits and my distractions. Lord, everything that I come with, I yield it all to you, Lord. I surrender my life to you. Fix it, Jesus. Say it again. Say, fix it, Jesus. Fix me, Jesus. Only you can help me. Thank you, Lord, for this prayer and the answer to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. 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 Now, let's go to the Lord's table. Let's join our pastor as he leads us from the First Love Center in our communion today. Amen. So bring the communion round. Make sure everybody has um, one. All right. Thank you. Everybody. Okay. Yes, please. Thank you. Hallelujah.
thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like God's power is here today. I feel his presence is here. And through this communion, lives will be transformed in the name of Jesus. You know, communion is not just a piece of bread. It is his body which is broken for you. What you're holding in your hand is the body of Jesus Christ. And when you approach it with faith, it has the ability and the power in it to do wonders. To save you and to cleanse you from your sins. To heal your body. To dry out those cravings that you know are evil. Yes. When those cravings are done with you, they would have ruined your life. That's all that's waiting for you. But Jesus is able to take you off that path. And through this communion, this communion is the point of contact with his power and with his grace to enable you live the life that he created you to live. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that this communion experience will be like no other. In the name of Jesus, let your power visit your people. In the name of Jesus, may we taste your power. May we experience your power. May we experience your healing. In the name of Jesus, may we experience recovery. May we experience restoration. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's join the prophet.
Maybe you are watching on the internet. Take your cup. The blood of Jesus will speak for you. Amen. blood of Jesus Christ. Wickedness that is working against me. In Jesus. Yes. 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 Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor the Lord fight for you forever. And the Lord go with you forever. Amen. All right. You may be seated. Let's just bring the service to a close real quick.